Synchronicity will take you along. And here's your host, Travis William Skink Mateer. Okay, welcome to another episode of Zoom Cron. I am your host, Travis Mateer, and this is episode 22. All you got today is me and it's an interesting day to have a 22nd episode it's the 22nd of february in the year 22 of the millennium 2000 so 2022 february 22nd 22nd episode twos twos everywhere um and i've had a very busy day today this tuesday february 22nd 2022 um i put out a interesting piece on my Substack, so i've been kind of neglecting my Substack. I wrote a piece of fiction. I've been working on a piece of fiction since about 2016, maybe like end of 2015. Um, I wrote and wrote and wrote. I was still working in the nonprofit sector at the time, and then I stopped writing it for a bit. Um, the world went upside down. We had a pandemic that was launched as sort of like a multi-front war against us, information war, uh, spiritual war, uh, biomedical, technocratic assault, you know, all kinds of fun stuff going on. And I try to use writing, like journaling, as a method of understanding what was happening. And that was March 2020, so two years ago. And I had this sense of wanting to do something kind of like a, like a crisis actor, disaster drill, goes live kind of thing. So you go from the fiction, and then you go into the journal, which is ostensibly nonfiction, because there's supposed to be a separation between the fiction and the nonfiction. Separation between those two, supposedly. Well, the, that veil has been since rendered quite thin, but I wanted to have some kind of way of getting to the, the journal, which I'll start uh, posting behind a paywall. So I will go paywall starting March on my Substack, but you can check out, and maybe I'll read it at the end of this thing, um, you can check out a six-page synchromistic hyper-localism a uh, crazy kind of thing that I've spent the last few days working on up until the last minute when I put it out today. So uh, because I've been interested and obsessed a bit with ones, 111s, 1111, I went to the 111 address of the lifeguard group on Higgins in the Florence building. That's been part of my reporting the last few weeks. So much has been going on on the citizen journalist side, on the uh, artistic side, on the even on the parental side tonight, I'm going to get into the school board meeting that I attended virtually earlier this evening, and um, I think that was I intended that to be my main focus. I don't have a guest; I'm not really prepared. It is in single digits. It's probably about two degrees outside as I was driving in. It was about five, actually, according to the thermostat or the thermometer read it out on my on my computer on my very smart fancy volkswagen car i said computer oh goodness um so it's very cold outside is what i'm trying to say very very cold and this week has been the big sky documentary film festival our documentary that we did finished too late to be able to submit and they are highly selective 
Um, they're actually in the in the offices next to me here in the Zootown Arts Community Center, and we're kind of like their headquarters right now. So I have some free tickets. I haven't seen any of the documentaries, but I did go to the doc shop on Monday. First time in the fancy new library that we spent all kinds of money. We, you know, passed a bond and we uh, used some TIF money, some tax increment financing. And it's funny because I, I was, of course, the person that raised my hand, uh, first first person to raise a hand for a question. And I, I pointed out to one of the documentary filmmakers who showed her film about mobile homes in the Wilma. I uh, pointed out some stuff that she was not aware of in terms of who hosted that that showing. You know, Nick Chakota in his building, the Wilma. His role in tax increment financing, nearly getting $16 million and some change, some loose change, to, to build his drift. Alas, the project that wasn't to be. But so many other projects since then have had the sweet, sweet TIFF sweetener to, to come and make things possible. Even um, the Radius Gallery, the owners, Brian and Karen Sippy, have gotten into the game a bit. And they have $100,000 now to help renovate the building next to them, which they snatched up amidst the, the owner's covid uh, COVID struggles. So, wow, fun stuff here in Zoomtown is going going down. I'm telling you. But the school board meeting is what I wanted to get into specifically this evening, because some details to to get into right off the top of the bat are are worth noting. So, all of the public comments that were made by parents were made in the general public comment period, because despite many requests of the school board. Uh, the mask mandate for the Missoula County public school system was not put on the agenda. There are more important things for them to discuss, and the pointless, stupid, no longer scientifically justified cloths on our kids' faces, no longer, that, that wasn't an, an agenda item they were interested in discussing. And so there were some parents that decided to, to make some comments, but when, when I signed in, you notice something, and what you notice is you cannot see anyone but the school board members. So other parents were not able to see each other. That was something that was actually mentioned by more than one parent, more than one person making public comments. So we couldn't see each other. We couldn't see how many of us there were. Uh, we couldn't see anyone lining up virtually. Um, the public or the chat function was disabled. I noticed that. And so pretty nice way of using technology and using the Zoom meeting to very much control and limit even the, the own sense that, that other parents could get about being a part of a larger whole, part of a group. I mean, and that's strategic. Don't, don't be, you know, don't underestimate the, the actual intent behind these, these decisions. Um, and so public comments were made. I wasn't sure there was no guidance really given by the school board in terms of how you would be registered. But since I've gotten pretty used to this whole Zoom thing, I, I knew that you had to raise your hand, right? So yeah, virtually raise the hand. I made my public comment and definitely pointed out that at this point, we cannot be pretending that there is any scientific justification for the mass that is political. And I specifically called out Grace Decker, um, who is a school board member, someone I've been covering and exposing for quite a while, and also Ken Toole. No, this guy was not in attendance. Uh, he wrote an op-ed, and Grace Decker wrote an op-ed. Um, and I'm going to get into those op-eds here now, because those op-eds were fucking obnoxious. Um, and that's sort of the point, I think. So let's start with Grace Decker. Um, Grace Decker went to the Daily Montanan for her school board public op-ed thing, right? 
And it was posted February 6, 2022. Titled, Parents Have Already Taken Over Most School Boards. Yeah, I know. Confusing title. Let's get into it. So, it starts with the quote, Parents are taking over school boards, announced a recent headline in a national publication. I have a lot of thoughts about this, says Grace Decker. For starters, like most school board trustees, I am a parent who decided to run for the Missoula County Public School Board of Trustees seven years ago in 2015 when my son was in first grade because I wanted to make a difference and help improve our schools. I didn't run on a political agenda. I didn't run because I was enraged about anything. I didn't run because I was trying to upend the system. I ran because I wanted to be part of the process and bring my perspective to the conversation. Oh, so we'll take a pause right there. That initial framing is pretty frustrating because by saying all the things that Grace Decker didn't do, she's implying that anyone now running um, that opposes her philosophy of masking kids and um, really just being condescending. Oh, I want to use stronger language, but I'm going to refrain. Um, the condescension, really, that's coming from multiple school board members is palpable. And you know what? Parents, as they're dealing with the actual fallout, emotional fallout from their kids, I was really appreciative to hear Sue Rowe tonight. She's a teacher, actually only teacher that spoke up about having to talk one-on-one with the sadness kids are experiencing, not seeing smiling faces. Um, but let's get back to Grace Decker's op-ed. Okay. Since then, after almost every single board meeting, I've made a Facebook post on describing what we discussed and what we decided. I've done that to try to make sure people knew more about what was happening and knew how they could connect and engage with the decision-making processes. In these posts, I don't share who voted this way and who voted that way because once the board takes action, ethical board members support our adopted policies as a group and continue working within our processes if we aren't happy with the outcome. So that was probably one of my favorite parts of Grace Decker's op-ed. Why? Because it is such a hilarious recasting of reality in which she's not creating Facebook groups and directing political activity against her political opponents like Jacob Elder. So um, there is this thing called an ethics policy the school board has. I've written and pointed out many times that Grace Decker appears to be in violation of that because of her create. I mean, she's engaging in just the perception of political favoritism and, and political activity. And you're not supposed to do that, Grace Decker. You're not. But you do. And you're not held accountable. And that makes people upset. It makes people frustrated. It does. Um, so let's let's continue. During the past six years, I've talked with and emailed with countless parents and pointed them toward the places in the district where I hoped they could resolve their issues. I've tried to uphold a clear communication and chain of command by encouraging people to talk to the person most directly connected to their issue, teacher, principal, administrator, then superintendent, before trying to address it at the board level. I've tried to be realistic about the role of a trustee, not to micromanage, but to become as well-informed as possible so I can make thoughtful votes and can contribute meaningfully to, to discussions, and I strive to respect the expertise professionals, whether dealing with highly complex issues of finance, construction, law, curriculum of health, while also seeking out the perspectives of people involved in the district, especially the kids. Um, so two of my three kids were listening tonight to the to the Zoom meeting, Grace, and, and they were keeping score. I didn't tell them to keep score. I didn't even ask them. They just started keeping track. And it was 15 to 1, so 15 against the mask mandate. 
Um, and all three of my kids are against the mask mandate. Um, so listen to that. Getting back. Like lots of parents, I've been frustrated when issues remain unresolved, when we fall short of our ideals, when kids or families feel let down or unserved. At times, I've been frustrated by not being able to do more for my own kid or to shape the schools more specifically to my or my kids' preferences. But that is not my job as a board member. My job is to think about the whole, the whole district, all kids, and the whole community impacted by the district's work. It turns out that schools are not a consumer transaction, but a civic project, a collective commitment to each other and to the future. Ah, consumer transaction. Yeah, I got a little triggered at that point. Speaking consu of consumer transactions, I really started thinking more in terms of capitalism and how it's applied within the public school district when I saw that my kids, my masked kid at, at, at band, so he was not at band, he was performing a band piece, playing the trombone, and the fucking trombone had a mask. So it wasn't enough for the kids to have masks. The trombone had a mask. I had an emotional reaction to seeing this. After the emotional reaction subsided, I started thinking, huh, did, did, did someone sell the school district these these masks? What a great racket <clears throat> to now be in the market of making masks for instruments. Um, because there are consumer transactions happening, Grace. There are. And there is a charade happening, a signaling of virtue charade that, you know, the dirty, dirty kids, um, the virus-ridden children that just need to be masked at all times, you know, and their instruments are just blowing Omicron. I mean, yeah, the music is sounding terrible. The masks aren't helping that. But I, I don't think there's like a, a spraying of the Omicron that the, the fabric over the fucking bell of a trombone is going to stop. All right. Okay. Let's get back to it. Okay. More often than not, I have seen the tremendous work that happens every day by teachers and staff and the countless kids who have stability, structure, and chances to shine by being part of our district. I see educators adapting to impossible circumstances and making it work. I've been very glad to be a part of important and parent-led conversations about who our district serves well and who we serve less well. <clears throat> I've been glad to be part of making some important changes. And I'm proud of some of the ways our parent majority board has continued to push our district forward. Ah, see that parent majority board. The, the parents have already taken over the school boards, guys. No need to no need to upend the system here, right? Okay. And at times I've heard from literally hundreds of parents who believe our district is moving in the right direction and serving our community overall pretty darn well. So it, Grace, I would believe you if you produced a list of a hundred parents Okay, that that will actually claim that they said the district is going well. So so I will not think you were a liar. Okay, let me frame it this way. Um, I will not think you're a liar if you produce a list of 100 names and then and then phone numbers so I can call those names. Trust but verify. I believe in that. So do that. And then <clears throat> I won't say you're a liar in that in that regard. We're almost done here with Grace's. Uh, wonderful op-ed. So, almost done. Getting close. C continuing. And so it's hugely frustrating and worrying to be told, quote, the board doesn't listen to, quote, parents, that, quote, parents need to, quote, take back the schools, that decisions a parent or even a group of parents disagree with were therefore made without consideration. That's an italicized font of parent input. I resent 
the idea that only certain voices represent, quote, parents. I reject the idea that parents and educators are, quote, at war for control of the schools, end quote. We're on the same team. We're members of the same community. And I hope we're interested in the same better future for all kids, not just our own. You know, actually, I do hope for a better future for your kid, Grace. I do. In conclusion, I hope that people considering a run for school board this spring do so out of a commitment to all of what schools are about and commitment to all of whom schools are for. So that's how Grace Decker, who works at the United Way for the or with the zero to five program, just happened to be Governor Bullock's signature piece when he was running for president. Um, You know, that Grace Decker who creates Facebook political pages and then tries to attack Jacob Elder because Jacob Elder um, has shadowy right-wing militia connections, supposedly. And so that, that Grace Decker um, put out that amazing op-ed piece. And moving on, I mentioned Ken Tool. So Ken Tool's piece is even more fun. It's, it's more fun. Um, and I liked reading the first paragraph to a few different people to get their reactions, especially my wife, because the, the reactions were, were pretty funny. Um, in part because of just the, the, the quick, uh, sort of flash of rage and, and I'll read it. So, you know what I'm talking about. So this is Ken tool. Um, let's go and and see who Ken tool is. Um, Ken tool. He had three children, uh, complete education, Montana's public schools. And now he has two grandchildren enrolled. He served six years in the Montana Senate and four years on the Public Service Commission, so he is currently the chair of Big Sky 55 Plus, a nonprofit group that advocates for older Montanans. Okay, Tool, let's see what you got for us today on this 2222222 day. This opinion is called Everyone Has a Stake in Public Education. You don't have to be a parent to care about your local school, but recently there are groups popping up around Montana who refer to themselves as the, scare quotes, parental rights movement, as though they have more of a stake in public education than those who don't have kids in the school system. <laughs> Whoa, that's a weird idea. That's a weird, weird fucking idea, Ken Tool. Let's, let's continue with your op-ed. The, quote, parental rights movement is a relatively small group of people with an axe to grind and clearly don't represent most parents. Recently, they have been attacking masks, vaccines, and how we teach history. In their view, they should be able to mandate school policies because they know what is best for, quote, their kids. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird as a parent to think I know what's best for my kid. Um, having kind of been around them since they, they came out of my, my wife's stomach um, with, the, with the use of, of medical implements, um, I, I've been fairly in tune with with the needs of my own children i know it's weird ken i know it's weird it's very odd um and and this idea of just like this like fringe group just attacking masks and vaccines i just i literally think i don't know why it conjures the image of just like zombies going taking masks ripping them up and I, i think that's maybe the image that ken is wanting to conjure in the minds of like the fear mongers just like the scared scared people that think omicron is just waiting to fucking destroy their kids and just rip them apart you know all right let's go let's get back to this shit all right um but they don't have any more quote rights than the rest of us 
Montana schools are funded by taxes all of us pay. That's right, Ken. How many of those taxes are going to tax increment financing projects? I don't know. There are about 145,000 students in public schools in Montana, while the total population is over 1 million people. That means lots of people without children in the system are paying for schools. And the issue is deeper than tax dollars. Despite the protests from the right wing that schools shouldn't teach, quote, values, the truth is that's exactly what an education system is supposed to do. Simple things like wait your turn, help your neighbor, and be a good sport are all practical applications of values we need to function in society. Moreover, schools provide the basic skills needed to be a productive citizen. We all have a stake in the performance of our schools. You know, hmm, wait your turn, help your neighbor, be a good sport. Have our own elected officials actually ever uh, gone to public school or, or are they private school kids? I'm kind of wondering that now. Um, like, be a good sport. You know, it's kind of like when you're sitting there listening to the peasants make public comment and you get kind of like pissed off that the peasants are starting to sound like maybe they're making some points that are just, I don't know, maybe they irk you, maybe they get past you know, the, the game of whatever you're playing on your phone. And then you start, you know, using that, that time that you're actually being paid for in tax dollars, not a lot, but you know, some, some dollars. And you start looking up the criminal backgrounds. You start looking up the histories, you know, Oh, who are you? Who, how can I shut you up peasant? You know, um, do you learn that in private school? I went to public school. My wife went to private school for a portion of her education and so maybe I'll ask and, and get some insight. Um, let's, let's continue reading Tool's op-ed. Perhaps the greatest accomplishment of American democracy is the creation of a public education system that is open to all citizens. Historically, education was only available to the wealthy. The rest of us were shuffled to the bottom end of the economy to provide the cheap labor needed for economic expansion. More than anything else, our universal public education system set the table for the rapid growth and expansion of the American economy. Despite the criticism from the far right, American public education is an overwhelming success. Oh, you know, it's funny. I was writing about private security the other day um, and their contract with the city to provide security um, kind of around public or around uh, homeless sites. Not public, but yeah, if it's a sidewalk, it's public. And Jesse Yeager, the person that speaks to the media on behalf of the Pavarello Center, could not comment on the security provided by private security because he said it was privately funded. And it's weird because it's kind of like that State Department guy. I've been saying this to some friends as I've been describing how I think their magic is, is starting to break down as they're trying to just will reality into to, to form into their uh, conception of how it should be. That State Department guy is like, we declassified the information, Matt. And Matt's like, no, you just said he did, but I haven't seen any like actual evidence. What's the evidence? And he's like, but I just said we declassified. It's like, no, you saying it is not the evidence. You know, it's kind of the same thing going on here. Um, if you just say it enough, you know, it's a success. You're just going to make it happen. Um, public schools are success, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll go with that. So let's back to get back to the tool thing. Unfortunately, schools are fodder for right wing political forces. Um, I used to be a progressive blogger, Ken. I did. I did. So I'm not really a, a right-wing force other than by necessity now aligning with people that are not trying to continue to mask my fucking children um, because trust the science and St. Fauci, okay? 
There are some who don't want their kids, or anyone else's for that matter, exposed to ideas, information, and people they don't like. There is also a lot of money in the public school system that many people would like to take for their own private businesses, i.e. charter schools. Others want to strangle public education by cutting property taxes to benefit their own wallets. These controversies build an agitated base of political activists. It is no accident the anti-tax crowd, in addition to Republican officials like Elsie Arnson and Austin Knutson, have entered the fray, urging people to challenge and even sue their local school. So, Ken... You really should watch this this documentary. It's called Engens Missoula. You go to E-N-G-E-N-S-M-I-S-S-O-U-L-A dot com. It looks like the city website. It's not, okay? Um, it's a documentary. It's a three-part documentary about tax increment financing. This is a liberal community. It's a predominantly liberal city council, okay? Um, the shit they are doing got me in, the, in how I'm writing about it since... Basically, the the cabal in this town just want to browbeat everyone into um, this idea that they are stupid fucking morons without the the brain matter between their ears to to even begin to fathom the amazingness of tax increment financing. All right, it's no longer it's no longer holding us in place. It's no longer keeping us from realizing. These are not overly complicated schemes in so much as skimming off the increment and giving it to your pals like the sippies. All right. Um, The big sippy cup of tax increment financing. Here's one hundred thousand dollars. You know, thank you for hosting that wonderful, you know, campaign event at your home. Sippies. Uh, I'll be writing about that maybe later this week, maybe next week. Um, But let's let's just finish this crap up. Uh, Okay, none of this is new. You're right, Ken. None of this is new. 30 years ago, the boogeyman was Goals 2000. Then along came people like our governor who want to teach Christianity as science. Others didn't want education about human sexuality. And now we are even hearing about some people who want to teach both sides of the Holocaust. Let's go for those scare extremes there, Ken. The internet, which wouldn't exist without American public education. No, actually, that's the fucking... That's the military-industrial complex, you fucking douchebag. Dumb fucking idiot, all right? You fucking moron. Um, uh, The internet, which wouldn't exist without American public education, provides an unfiltered platform for these people to meet each other, swap stories, build conspiracy theories, and mobilize their followers. Good fucking lord. Controversy around educating our kids makes it harder to teach children. Yeah. Local school board meetings are turning into a gladiator's arena of angry culture warriors armed with play cards and bullhorns. Well, on that bullhorn front, I do have a bullhorn and I'm using it, but it's only because I I have um, expressing totally not sarcastic love for great leader. Um, And that's on Fridays and it will return when the weather warms. They come to make a point and to intimidate their fellow citizens who serve without pay on the school board. They are, in a word, bullies. Like we all learned in public school, we must stand up to bullies. Ooh, what you gonna do? You're standing up to the bullies now, Ken. All right. So that, uh, that's Ken Tool. That's Ken Tool standing up to the bullies. Um, you know, there's some truckers up in Canada. They are, they are, they are really bullying Jussie. 
you know they're making Jesse just like cry and feel sad Jesse had to run away and hide um, and it's really n- nice now that those Canadian um, those good Canadian authorities are just they're, they're showing those trucker bullies who's boss they're 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 gonna um, allow through emergency powers those bullies to get their accounts frozen and their vehicles snatched up and and sold that's like the plan that the ottawa dude the head ottawa guy governor i don't know what they fucking call him up there um was just like yeah let's do that shit that sounds great this is this is this is our time to shine to, to show bullies like the truckers you know what's what um and anyone that might be sad that they're having to wear masks you know shut up toughen up you fucking little brats you know mask up Okay, you got Omicron leaking out of all your little pores and holes. Okay, you're gross and disgusting. Um, and if you can't see your teacher's mouth move trying to learn your stupid sentences, it's it's cool. You know, um, the the Neuralink from Elon Musk is coming, and so really soon we're just gonna put something in your fucking head, just you know, plug it in there, and that's the education you'll get. I mean, it's it's tough to deal with all these messy humans doing all this messy human stuff, um, and so the technocratic future. Um, that will be be implemented sooner versus later. I mean, that's just going to be fun. In the meantime, we get to have school board meetings in which my kids keeping count counted 15 to 1. I, I made sure they added an extra column for mothers who cried. Yeah, yeah. I added an extra column. I had them add the extra column. I wasn't going to do the work. I was too busy focusing on all the wonderful Zoom faces of these fucking monsters. Um, and three is the number. All right. So not two. I know it's a, a day of twos, but three was the number of mothers that cried because they were so fucking upset about the what about what the mass policy is doing and what they are seeing it do to their own kids. All right. Um, I was amazed at the public comments um, that, that still like reference studies and try and to appeal to sort of like the the logical sense. Um, th- this is this is a fucking war. It is a war. It's an information war. Uh, it's a spiritual war. Uh, it's. I don't like using that language. Um, I feel like that's kind of giving them a win when you when you fall into this militant language. Um, I'm not going to do warlike things. You got to be smart. This is a uh, a long game, right? Uh, you can't just do the 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 short reactions that always feel good, like a ranty podcast episode, episode 22 Zoomcron. Woohoo, going strong. Um, where are we at actually? Half an hour, not bad. Half an hour of ranting. I'm, I'm going to try and hit an hour, so that means we're about halfway. So um, the school board was the main thing I wanted to, to touch on, and the fact that 15 public comments were made against the mask mandate, um, but the mask mandate was not on the agenda because uh, that was not that was too much, that was too difficult. Um, and I did mention truckers, so let's just, I'm going to throw in a poem here. Let's see. Let's, let's get this poem in here because this is this is a fun poem. I, I turned this poem into a song. And, well, yeah, maybe I won't. This isn't the, the right poem, actually. Um, let me look at some of the other blog posts that I was blogging about this week and last week. Um, yeah, that was the great leader one. There's been a, there's been a lot of um, interesting stuff. I don't know if I've had a chance to mention the lifeguard group. The lifeguard group is sort of new to my sphere of awareness, and they just got $30,000 recently from Town Pump to combat human trafficking. The head of the lifeguard group, Lowell Hochhalter, is also the chaplain for the Missoula County Sheriff's Department. I've been doing things like asking HR at the Sheriff's Department for a descri- like job description. 
they haven't been able to provide that. It's very difficult for people to do basic things in terms of their jobs, which is just kind of weird to me. Um, most recently, though, I finally put out some information I've been kind of sitting on, hoping that more official legacy media would get around to discussing this. There's a lot more challenges, though, in that area of media reporting. And so what I reported on today is called uh, the title, The Benefits of Using Private Security for Homeless Sites, is this. No comment. So I finally put out there that the company Rogers International, they were formed in March 2020. So right around that pandemic getting going. Here comes Rogers International. And then they get these these city contract, um, these city contracts for providing security or around homeless sites, around homeless sites, not inside the homeless structures and facilities, but sort of outside in the neighborhood. Um, some stuff went down in December as we were trying to get our documentary finished and really kind of raised the the, the interest. I had in Rogers International. And so that was when I started looking into their business license. So what you have to file with the Secretary of State here in Montana, you can find the address, right? You register as a business, you got an address there. So I went out to the address. And the reason I'm very familiar with this building is because Lynn Montgomery, back in the day, wanted to have a birthing center. So a place that was sort of outside the more traditional medical facility, a place where you could try and give birth with your doula and your midwife and your support that way so my wife and I actually tried um, having our, our baby in that building um, God bless her my wife went into labor and had about 60 plus hours that she was in labor before it kind of was determined that no not gonna happen this way so thanks to modern medicine we had our first child a different way but the Montgomery building uh, one two one one so twelve eleven very familiar with this building. Now have my pharmacist there. When I went out there to look for the office of Rogers International, not only did I not find them, okay, I suspect they were never there. All four businesses in that area, in that building, long established businesses. I'm pretty sure if I looked into each one, it would be before 2000 or yeah, before 2020. They'd all been around for a while. And, uh, I called the phone number, left a message, and got a call back from Lynn Pritchard. So the business is owned by David and Lynn Pritchard. And asked him, you know, hey, where are you? Where's your office? You know, <laughs> I'm where you're supposed to be, but you're not here. Did you move? Yes, Lynn told me they moved. Um, I proceeded to ask for the contract or if I could get a copy of the contract they had with the city to provide their homeless security services. She sent me back to Emily Armstrong. I let her knew, let her know that I had already contacted Emily Armstrong and she was out of town. And of course, Emily doesn't respond to me. She's the head of the 10 year plan to end homelessness, a plan that I was quoted in and that 2022 is the 10th year of that plan. But we're all just playing this fucking charade in this town. Like it's not a shit show and it's not a homeless industrial complex with the privileged insiders making money and then using homeless people as as shields human shields to hide behind you know no we're not we're just going to keep pretending that's not what's going on so rogers international um they actually got i don't know if it's under the same contract or if it's like a with the state because the the montana department of transportation is also contracting with them out at reserve street to patrol the area and ensure that it's enforced that they can't camp out there Reserve Street, where there's all kinds of different jurisdictions. So all of this just gets so confusing. 
Um, what else did I write about this past week? Let's see. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there's so much fun going on with the Missoula Redevelopment Agency. I had the, the title of one of my posts. Here is what Ellen Buchanan and Martin Gomer Kitson are not telling you about MRA plans for Urban Re- Renewal District 2. This was a fun one. And this actually goes into something that happened at the school board meeting tonight. So well, let me just reposition myself a, a little bit here. So one of the things that I did that I don't think any other parents did, because um, here's one, one of the things that, that parents have, or one of the things they don't have, a lot of time to just like sit around and listen to financial speak drone on. But that's, that's what I did. So after the public comment, when the 15, um, 15 people commented, including the three moms that cried, when those comments were done, I assume, although I couldn't see, but I assume most everyone just left and, and proceeded with the rest of their their day, their February 22nd, 2022 day. However, they wanted to finish the day, you know, con- con- concluding their, their day. That's that's what they did. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I stuck around and listened to Pat and Pat was talking about financial stuff. And, oh, the faces of the school board people as they're sitting there listening to the financial stuff drone on and on and on. And there was a few points in which Pat was saying some things that I'm like, I would like to talk about tax increment fi- financing and the shadow government of the Missoula Redevelopment Agency. And so I would go and I would raise my hand and then my hand w- would go down somehow. I'd be like, oh, it's down. So then I'd go and raise my hand again and then it went down. Weird. So it's not weird. I mean, they were just lowering the hand because you can control that on the administrative side if you're setting the terms of the Zoom meeting. I assume. But I knew if I was diligent, I knew if I waited around long enough, I would probably get that opportunity to raise my hand and to be seen virtually by the gaggle of school board members. And and maybe, maybe I could make another public comment. So indeed it happened. It was, it was magical. I waited and waited. I did not fall asleep or um, commit self-harm the way you might be tempted to when listening to someone go on and on about budget stuff and there's like a PowerPoint slide with a bunch of numbers and you're looking at it and you're you know writing about the school board joke of a meeting excuse me I'm burping but I, I got my moment to shine and so I raised my hand it was not lowered for me it was in fact acknowledged after they said there's no public comments oh oh there is So I got to spell my last name again and explain that I had earlier taken off my parent's hat and I had put on my citizen journalist hat. And so I asked Pat, who talked about so many cool numbers, I asked him if he had any numbers or thoughts about numbers that might happen with urban renewal districts and what happens when they don't sunset um, and the tax increment no longer or continues to go to the Missoula Redevelopment Agency. I asked him if he had any concept about um, the sustainability of running a shadow government called the Missoula Redevelopment Agency and what happens financially when uh, urban renewal districts are not sunset or not allowed to sunset because you know, bonds are, are, are passed and, and you take on new debt and that triggers a small little provision in Montana code annotated that allows you to extend the life of the district, which happened when Missoula passed the bond for the pedestrian bridge. So, boy, it was just delightful to be able to ask that question. And, and with the tone that says, yes, I am saying some financially smart sounding things, but you know, with the sound of my voice, I'm taking my little linguistic sort of, you know, sharp implement and I'm poking 
and twisting it. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. I really do need to find that that YouTube uh, clip. They'll put it out on YouTube, I believe. Um, and I, I just want to hear myself having fun with Pat because Pat did answer and the answer is just not even understandable, you know. It's and at one point he kind of bu- I don't know if he phased out or or what, um, but it was it was just it was it was something. It was definitely something. So there's been some fun some fun writing and talking about tax increment financing. Some fun opportunities. Um, one of the titles of my post was Missoula Redevelopment Agency can't speak good, but more tax dollars make Ellen Buchanan speak more gooder soon. Um, and that's about the fact that after two years and $46,000 to create a plan, Christina Spider McKnight, um, the whole plan <clears throat> was hire a government person, create a new position and hire a government job person at like $70,000 to talk, to speak for Ellen Buchanan because she can't speak good. That, that's the plan the Spider McKnight came up with. My plan was to put Spider McKnight's name in the political contribution tracker. That's a fancy little tool online. And I saw that, you know, she, she's definitely given some good money. She's given 200 bucks to Bryce Bennett, 50 bucks to Marilyn Mahler, and $100 to great leader John Engen. So awesome. Good job there, Christina. Oh, yeah. They wrote about the, the trauma. Um, in an ocean of trauma, lifeguards must be better than well-intentioned or else they risk paving a serious path toward hell. This was interesting. I had missed watching the video of the Crooked Tree Ranch. And so what's happening, the lifeguard group not only gets $30,000 from Town Pump to like p- promote this hotline where no one knows where this hotline goes, but it's a hotline to help combat human trafficking that's going to be promoted in Town Pump gas stations, right? And not only that, but there is a safe house. It's called Crooked Tree Ranch. Great fucking name for a safe house there, right? Great name. This is me giving a big thumbs up to that really nice sounding name for victims of human trafficking. So this was a million dollar purchase. A half million came from the Gianforte Foundation, with Greg Gianforte being our Republican governor. So great, great. Um, and then I watched this video that Lowell Hochhalter makes about the opening of this safe house. It's like five minutes, 44 seconds of Hoke, Hoke Halter talking about human trafficking victims in dark alleys. And then he gets into the excitement of the immense structure and how he can't wait for, for this young lady to be driven up this like long road in the middle of the woods so he can watch her garden and like open the doors to the wraparound balcony. Like I fucking kid you not. You watch this video like I finally did. And then I have to write this post in which I take screenshots of the young ladies. Um, and say things like, as a red-blooded American male in my prime, something inside me began stirring as I watched the video. What could it be? Was a noble white knight emerging from my inner depths? Yeah, um, I, I wanted uh, to kind of sarc- sarcastically depict what was the sexual undertones of the totally out-of-touch, very inappropriate video promoting a nice house ranch in the middle of the woods for human trafficking victims. So yeah, I wrote about that. What else did I write about this, this fun February? Let's see. Um, Oh, making art for great leader. I should talk a little bit about this. I wear multiple hats. You know, there's the parent hat, citizen journalist hat, the artist hat. So the documentary Engins Missoula, it's been out for over a month. Uh, I haven't checked to see how many views it's gotten, but it, it got like about 1,200 views first month out. It's pretty happy that people are seeing it. 
talking about it. They're not seeing it at the Roxy. It got canceled there. But in order to raise awareness, I sourced a grocery cart locally from Home Resource and spent many weeks, many, many weeks, um, adding accoutrement, leather, old metal. It was a, it was a work of um, love, and we made this. <laughs> I had some friends help help out. And for two Fridays in a row, we took out this cart. We put gear in the cart, amplification gear, so that his saxophone could be amplified. I had my megaphone attached. It was a glorious thing. And, and what we did is we went around different locations in downtown Missoula, expressing our love and adoration for Great Leader. We, we did so um, just unapologetically. We shared our love by the Top Hat, where Nick Chakota, the owner of the Top Hat, he owns the Wilma, he owns the Amphitheater, he owns a lot of things, um, no longer is doing music at the Top Hat. There's no music booked so far in 2022 for the Top Hat because despite $3 million in different kinds of subsidies, COVID money, couldn't save music at the Top Hat, decided going to sell food instead. Um, and speaking of food, on, on Valentine's Day, my wife, it's her birthday. We went into one of the pods. I felt like a hypocrite, but they wanted to eat there, and the food was shit. All the hamburgers were overcooked. Uh, the fries were like pieces of wood. Real shitty food. They forgot the chicken on my salad because I eat salad to keep my figure slim. So even the food wasn't good, Nick Chakota, God damn it. But it's been fun to, to take that frustration and what would be possible anger in a megaphone and instead you flip it and you make it into love and adoration for great leader. And you, you simply offer some great ideas for people to start wrapping their heads around, like more public money going to a project to cryogenically freeze great leader's heads so that future generations can benefit from his wisdom. We let people know that their lack of a condo was simple, simply a lack of faith in great leader. Um, every day we suggest that they wake up, look in the mirror and ask themselves what they can do to be better humans for a great leader. And we explain that, you know, great leader has to sometimes maybe act outside the law and do things that normal people would get in trouble for doing. But, you know, <clears throat> he's a great man and he has to make sacrifices and do things that normal people just aren't allowed to do. And it's a te testament to his greatness. And so that's been fun to do that kind of art stuff to get out there amongst the people and to speak in front of the church of the first interstate bank, um, asking for favorable interest rates to smile down upon us. So we had that going and, uh, what else, what else had a great interview with, uh, Doug McKenty. That was a fun one. That was the previous zoom cron episode 21. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, keep on getting a little itch in my throat. I am going to not just continue rambling on and on and on. I'm happy I'm making it to about the, or we're past the 45 minute mark. So I'm getting pretty close. I do want to include a song. So I took one of my poems, made it into a song for great leader. I, I, I really like it and I'm going to share it. And then I'm going to, as this song is playing, I'm going to look and see if I can find the, the trucker poem. I'm pretty sure I have that trucker poem around somewhere. So I'm going to do that and I will hop back on at the end. So stay tuned. On February 4th in downtown Missoula, Montana, on a first Friday evening, a few dedicated believers to great leader took a wonderful contraption a representation of their inspiration and love for a great leader, 
worked on over many late hours in the previous weeks. That contraption was wheeled out, and a processional of love and support began. Up and down Higgins it rolled, posting up on corners, some alleged free speech corners, other corners where a proprietor poked me on the shoulder and asked us to move along. The sign on the contraption conveyed a message, and the bullhorn and the other amplification devices also conveyed messages, and yet the public, the public seemed befuddled for our love of great leader. How better to express our love and adoration than through song? So I have composed a new work. I have selected two chords on which to play this work. It's for great leader. Thank you. Our leader is a feeder for the engine hopes, but combustication public hates his fat man jokes. Strolling with this Jenny and her H.G. Gramps, 1919 vintage above the timber tramps. Donnie T provided opportunity zone. Cryogenic tech preserve mayoral dome. Where is the statue our great leader deserves? Under a long bridge on a street named Reserve. I don't know. I do not know where that statue should go. No, no, but it should go somewhere. Maybe you should help. Maybe we should form a committee or something to select the best location. If you lack condo, you simply lack faith. Work harder, you peasants, for that reflective space. As a believer, I have several you can rent. Our leader is a superman and by day Clark Kent, yeah! If you are a doubter, there's nothing I can do. Love of leader lives like a shrimp and cheese fondue. And if you want a taste or groovy strain to smoke, give the strangler of the top hat, Nick Chakota a poke, yeah! Woo woo When we went to the other side of the Higgins up and down north and south divide, well, the people they look stupid and kinda dumb. Just wanna walk around, ignore the world outside. Rabbit run, oh, our leaders of fear for the engine hopes, but combustion public hates us fat man jokes strolling with this Jenny 
Fender HG Gramps. 1919 vintage above the timber tramps. Dawn and T provided opportunity zone. Can cryogenic tech preserve our mayoral dome? Where is the statue our great leader deserves? Under a long bridge on a street named Reserve. Oh no! There's something that you should know about great leader and and how he rolls. If you lack a condo, you simply lack faith. Work harder, you peasants, for that reflective space. As a believer, I have several you can rent. Our leader is a Superman and by day Clark Kent. Oh, if you are a doubter, there's nothing I can do. Love of leader lives like a shrimp and cheese fondue. And if you want a taste or groovy strain to smoke, give the strangler of the top hat, Nick Chakota, a poke. Oh. We'll get taller and everything will fall, fall to the ground, to the ground here in Zoom Town. Yeah, that's for you, great leader. There's so many more where that came from. Ha <laughs> Ah, uh, there you go. What a fun song that was. A song to great leader. You're so great, Leader Engen. May you lead us for 50 years, for 100 years, a thousand year reign of John Engen. How does that sound? Well, I don't like the sound of my voice just droning on and on and on forever, so I am going to wrap it up. You've been listening to Zoom Cron. This has been episode 22. Hit me up on February 22nd, 2022. So many fucking twos, and it's on a Tuesday. I am over twoed. I am twoed out. I am going to get out of here. I am going to wrap it up. Um, you can hit me up at willskink at yahoo.com if you want to chat, uh, maybe set up an interview. I'll talk to anyone. So you can email me at w-i-l-l-s-k-i-n-k at yahoo.com. I do still have a portion of my Greg Sestero interview, and I want to do a second follow-up, so I'm hoping that's going to happen Thursday, so next Tuesday. That should be the the Zoom Cron episode. We'll see. We'll see. Um, if not, I'll put something up. Maybe I'll just ramble on for another 45 minutes to, to great leader. Maybe I'll express my love and adoration for great leader. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Adios for now.